Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And we're joined with Cody. Hi, this is Cody. You can find me on Twitter at the Crimson Lord. And Mitch. Hey, this is Mitch, and you can't find me online. <laughs> is that a is that a dare? <laughs> challenge. Challenge. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, we're covering Tyrion three from A Crash of Kings. Spoiler alerts for books and possibly the Game of Thrones TV series. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and I'm going to be just lay this out there right now. I totally did not do a recap or a summary because <laughs> I am like so fucking all over the place lately. Sorry. <laughs> Stuff went down. Let's just say that, right? That's a guarantee. <laughs> Stuff went down in between chapters. Yeah. Does anyone have any ideas what went down in a nutshell or is your memory? You're not going to trust your memory. I know I can't do it. <laughs> Something about a giant chain being yeah. built. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's in this chapter, so let's do that. <laughs> so we start with, um, actually, we start with a small council meeting, and uh, Cersei is furious over the letter Stannis has sent out, accusing her of incest, adultery, and treason. She wants the letters burned, and Tyrion tells her there is no point in that. The word is already out there. And he also thinks you're also guilty of all of it. <laughs> He makes note of the weird choice in phrasing um, in the letter of done in the Lord and the light of the Lord. And Pycelle explains that the phrase is said in the free cities of the East uh, for the red God. Littlefinger chimes in that Lady Selyse had had uh, taken up with the red priest and Tyrion suggests that they use this foreign religion against Stannis. Cersei is really only focused on the bit about her and she immediately wants to start taking tongues of any man who is heard repeating Stannis's accusations. Tyrion advises against that idea. Littlefinger sides with him and tells her just let them whisper they'll get bored. And then Littlefinger suggests they slander Stannis in return. So I'm going to stop here because true to form I did not make any breaks in these notes this time around. <laughs> Whew. Can I just say this reminded me of high school of like just <laughs> people <laughs> making up bizarre things about other people just to get back at them. Well, I don't know. that's like no. any any chapters that prominently feature Cersei kind of reminds you of high school, right? <laughs> well, all these people, all of this stuff that went down, went down because there were teenagers making very bad decisions past, present and, you know, that's it is very much like high school. It's what happens when you give teenagers power. <laughs> you look at uh, Leanna, you look at Robert, you look at all this stuff. It's all very 
the Sturm and Drang of, of like, yeah, it's, it's like high school, except we didn't have like, you know, trebuchets and armies and shit. It was more like, <laughs> you bitch, I'm going to cut, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm going to take your tongue out. <laughs> You've been talking yeah, about no. me. <laughs> I'm going I'm to say something about you on Facebook. I mean, you know, it's, it's very middle school, but with like weapons. Hmm. It's their short, um, lifespans, I guess, is a bit problematic. <laughs> also, I mean, you also can... like, no, like, little education. Yeah. Or at I least know. a different education. Also, I kind of love how they immediately take this major... Cra- this is this is how you spin stuff. This is This is probably not unlike what's happening in our White House right now. Oh, yeah, a lot of politicking in this. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So Littlefinger, of course, um, is the one to make that suggestion that they slander Stannis and, you know, they focus on um, his daughter, Shireen, saying, you know, they could say she's baseborn and Stannis is a cockhold and Cersei is pre- digging the plan and she suggests that, you know, some potential lovers for Solis. Uh She thinks, well, she has two brothers, an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight to the incest. Right? <laughs> She's not, like, told, like, could have picked anybody. No, she goes right for relatives. <laughs> Great instincts from Cersei. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Sir Alex Florent is suggests that the Castilian and Taryn thinks Littlefinger's plan has promise. Um, the fool Patchface is put forth as a potential fodder for the rumor. And Littlefinger points out that the best lies contain a nugget of truth. Um, both Patchface and Shireen have scarred um, half-frozen faces. The small folk will be more likely to associate the two with each other. And also the fool is known to be devoted to the girl. Cersei is loving the suggestion. Tyrion makes a mental note. Littlefinger is clever and dangerous. Damn it's straight. Just, it's, like, he makes that note, but, like, he knows that already. Like, he, the dagger was already pinned on him, but he's just like, ooh, this guy's kind of dangerous. Like, That's a seems, good point. He's constantly, like, he's a little slow here. He's constantly taking all these mental notes, and then he's like, yeah, I'll just pin that one. And he never gets back to it, right? Yeah, he's like, ooh, I'll have to have a conversation with Littlefinger soon, but just doesn't bother. <laughs> He has other distractions, I guess. <laughs> sure. So Tyrion ultimately agrees with spreading the falsehoods about Shireen, but knows that the lie can't come directly from them. Littlefinger offers to get the rumors going through his whorehouses, and then he suggests Varys plant seeds in the alehouses and pot shops. Pot shops, I'm assuming, isn't what... <laughs> Maybe. No. no it's, I think you would go with your piece of, let's say you caught a, I don't know, a rat or a squirrel. I mean, Arya talks about them in Game of Thrones. It was a good day. I, I got a squirrel. <laughs> well, whatever. You got a pigeon. You'd go. They they like cook it up for you. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. brown. You're you're what is it? The brown stuff. The brown stew or whatever. Yeah. You don't really want to question too closely what's in there. Yeah. <laughs> so you bring your own squirrel to the pot shops. Gotcha. <laughs> So uh, Cersei wonders where Varys is, and Pycelle takes a moment to proclaim his distrust of the eunuch. A little bit of, you know, back-talking amongst the small council members, which is kind of fun to observe. 
Tyrion leaves the meeting to deal with other business, and Cersei is instantly suspicious. He tells her that he's having a gift made for Joffrey, a little chain. And um, he meets up with Bronn, who escorts him to his quarters, where Podrick, his squire, is laying out his clothing. He helps him dress, complete with his own fancy hand chain. Then he's off to meet some smiths about some chains. <laughs> it's like a lot of chains in this, uh, this uh, chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. He he dresses quite, um, all the Lannisters have quite the, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than lavishly. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind <laughs> word. It just sounds so over the top with all of them. It's very Jamie, like, Cersei, it's all like, I don't know, tacky. Hyper gaudy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's funny to read it, like, and just like thinking about George, like, coming up with the descriptors for this stuff. It's a lot of crushed black velvet, red velvet, silks, embroidered. <laughs> this is why we don't have the Winds of Winter yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, like, probably books of fabric patches. And <laughs> oh, my God, I'll plan oh God, this next so let's see. Uh, Tyrion orders all the blacksmiths to make links for a big chain. Nothing else is to be made, and this of course conflicts with Cersei's orders for armor and weapons. And the blacksmith Ironbelly is understandably concerned about crossing her because she has promised to crush any smith's hands on their own anvils who don't make quota. <laughs> no, no light touch with Cersei. Holy shit, guys. Is this where the White Walkers got the chain last season? It's <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh. I mean, Don't any. Get me started on that show. Any explanation <laughs> is better than none, I guess. <laughs> All the blacksmiths were very hard at work. <laughs> I mean, I know the reason it didn't make it. Well. I mean, George was very crushed. It did not make it into the show, but I think they were, you know, faced with logistics. But now, now my mind is going to, yeah, that's where the White Walkers probably got the. (laughs) Sorry, it's been a long day. Oh, like in the show universe, they stole it before the battle. Gotcha. So uh, Tyrion promised him that, um, you know, his hands won't be crushed. It won't come to that. He'll make sure of it. And we get an older smith named Salarion who um, feels the work order is beneath his skills. Um, he offers to make Tyrion the finest armor, complete with a demon's head helm. <laughs> Tywin tells him, make chains or wear them. I love how this, like, master blacksmith, though, thinks that. I don't know. I just can't imagine pitching to someone. I'm going to make you a demon's helmet complete with horns. (laughs) He's got to work on his pitch. (laughs) Tyrion wasn't all that enthused anyway. (laughs) It it sounds like something like, okay, I realize I'm a little bit older than probably you guys are, but like the the death metal album covers of the 70s. It's such a good dude dude helm right yeah like you know there'd be like oh god you go into it wasn't hot topic back then but you'd go into those places and there would be like those oh god these hideous like day glow i don't know well never mind sorry (laughs) (laughs) but like these album covers or like you know oh god even velvet paintings and crap 
it, it just reeks of all of that. <laughs> so, Sorry. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. The 70s, it was yeah. a time. What can I say? <laughs> I feel like maybe another Smith like suggested to this guy that it was like, hey, the hand's really into demon stuff. <laughs> it really comes out of nowhere. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, it comes out of the whole, like, he's a gargoyle thing, but... Yeah, right? It's a poor idea. <laughs> there really were those pot chops. <laughs> That's... I'm sorry. Drug 70s. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tyrion takes a litter ride um, accompanied by Bronn and two of his black-eared guards... And, you know, it takes them about an hour's trip through the city, and they arrive at a um, pretty nice brothel. <laughs> the owner named Chataya offers her own daughter to Tyrion, and apparently in the Summer Isles, they are much more open-minded sexually. Like, much, much more mind- open-minded. <laughs> He's led to another room by the daughter, Alayaya. <laughs> My god, these names. <laughs> <laughs> Alayaya, where he climbs into a wardrobe, pushes aside a false back, and descends a ladder to find a disguised Varys. Tyrion um, assumes, uh, assures Varys that he saw no spies skulking after him. And um, Varys confesses that some of Cersei's spies belong to him, unbeknownst to her. Tyrion inquires about the secret entrance to the tunnel, and Varys tells him it was a tunnel dug for another hand, too honorable to frequent brothels. I love how he omits who that hand was. <laughs> right. Are we all on the same page that it's Tywin? Totally. <laughs> you don't think so? Oh, really? I think, I don't know. I think it could be, but on the other hand, I don't know. I've, I've read too much meta, and after a while it all, like, you know... You think they're like it's older? They're like older tunnels and yeah. Ty- I well, I mean, granted, just... these are like the same people who think like there's corn code and you know and everything <laughs> that Mormont's um, Ravens says. But I I I read some stuff suggesting that it predates Tywin. I don't know. I mean, clearly, I think Tywin has some issues and would not want to be seen frequently. So it could be him. I don't I, know. I think I I think there could be something to that that they were older. And yeah, I, I mean, them. didn't Tywin love his wife, like, dearly loved his wife? Yes. Yeah, yeah but he also thing. likes the whores post-wife. Maybe he was lonely after she died. Well, and I mean... Is that me drumming up some sympathy for Tywin? <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is, he was... They were separated for years because she was at Cashley Rock raising her, you know, his kids and he was off being the hand. It's entirely possible, although there are probably Tywin Joanna stands right now, like preparing to kill me for this, but <laughs> that, you know, he would feel these urges and this was his way of doing it without bringing, you know, dishonor yeah. to her or him or whatever. And then after she died, presumably, you know, he's a guy and, well, clearly, um, well, again, you men are here to, to explain this to us about the cock stirrings. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a lot of stirring going on here. No pressure. <laughs> explain, sorry, about what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like 
Tyrion, like, the constant pressure of his cock all over the place. I mean... Okay, we should clarify for those who haven't maybe need a refresher on this chapter. <laughs> when Tyrion is in the whorehouse, he's very much um, distracted by the pressure in his uh, the laces of his breeches. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot of he it. He says something like, this might be humiliating. Right. Because he's... <laughs> fighting a boner a raging boner <laughs> I, I can't imagine that anyone would care in a whorehouse right is I he mean. worried about Varys's opinion or <laughs> I don't know he, like he takes his time getting through the house so it's not like he's that uncomfortable maybe he's just like conscientious and doesn't want to like make Varys feel bad by like you know waving that about <laughs> in his face all the time <laughs> It's very distracting reading is all I have to say. It's like, okay, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm reading it like, oh, again, okay. And then you read a little bit more. You're like, oh, my God, dude, nobody cares. There's a lot of description about clothing, boners, and food. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tyrion emerges. A nice segue. Tyrion emerges <laughs> into a stable where Varys disgui- is disguised and... Um, Oh, wait, sorry. Varys disguises Tyrion with a rough spun cloak. Tyrion tells Varys he missed a a lively small council meeting. Stannis declared himself king, and Cersei is accused of incest with Jaime. Tyrion says, I wonder how he came by that suspicion. And Varys offers, perhaps he read a book or looked at the color of Joffrey's hair. (laughs) Same as Ned and Jon Arryn. Or maybe it was whispered in his ear. Tyrion asks if it was him. No, but... Varys also admits he wouldn't have told him if it was. So Varys tells Tyrion, King Robert had eight bastards, all black-haired. Joffrey, Marcella, and Tommen slid out between your sister's thighs, each as golden as the sun. The truth was not hard to glimpse. Wasn't that a bit of poetry? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Tyrion asks if the whispers came from Littlefinger, and Varys neither confirms nor denies. (laughs) Tyrion tells him, Lord Varys, I feel as though you are my best friend, and somehow I feel you are my worst enemy. How odd, I think the same of you, replies Varys. So. It's a nice bromance moment. (laughs) Mutual respect. But they sure as hell don't trust each other. I mean, I feel like Varys is like operating levels above Tyrion. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. just—I don't know. Like he's definitely—he definitely doesn't really see Tyrion as as uh, his worst enemy. That's just—I don't know—a nice sentiment, I guess. Just buttering him up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, Tyrion is very much new at the game right now at this moment in time, right? And I mean, Varys' whole life has been orchestrating these. Little moves. What's, what's that analogy? Like, um, Tyrion is playing, let's say, checkers and, and Varys is playing three dimensional chess, you know? Right. I, I, and I think that's accurate. I'm not saying that Tyrion isn't, you know, couldn't eventually get there, but right now, he is very much. I think he thinks he's way more in control than he is. Mm. I would agree he, with that. I is it like Tyrion, me? Oh, go sorry. ahead. Sorry. No, no, go like ahead. Tyrion's whole tenure as hand is just kind of 
obsessing over what his sister and father are up to. Meanwhile, Littlefinger and Varys are just doing whatever they want. And he's really missing. I mean, I don't know. I can't get over that. He's just like doing nothing about Littlefinger after he had the dagger pinned on him and he like could have died. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's almost George's, uh, I don't know. Folly is the right word in a way. Like it's like he's just stating the obvious. So we all realize how clever Tyrion is and that's we're very much aware of it. But he, like you said, never does anything. So that's George's fault for dropping that, you know? And I suspect, again, there weren't supposed to be as many books as there are, or are in theory going to be. And I think maybe, I mean, George was intending to get to these, these plot points, Mm -hmm. maybe. I don't know. It just maybe got too big or it got dropped. Well, I I mean, I think he got dropped and I think he got, he's got, there's so many spinning plates. You can't keep them all in the air, you know? Yeah, but it very, yeah, it definitely feels like you very much intended to go somewhere with it. And it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe he'll surprise us. <laughs> Not really a surprise would be the right word, but <laughs> come back to it. You know, yeah, it's it seems funny. Like pretty low priority at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's so much else going on. You know, as loath as I am to say it, I would actually kind of like to see some kind of narrative uh, of these stories through the eyes of the horrors in these hours. I don't oh, want to see yeah. it, but I do want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I Okay. Is it me? I mean, it's admittedly, it's been a while since I've gone back and, and done a reread, but I keep being struck over and over and over. Like someone is, you know, treating me like a gong here that Tyrion is such a misogynistic piece of shit. I yep. mean, <laughs> it, it, he's constantly, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't even have the words. It's just every time these and the things with Cersei. And I mean, I know he hates her, but it's always this very sexualized kind of internal um, narrative going on. And it, yeah, I mean, it's just it seems far more um far more obvious than I remember it being. And yeah. maybe that's because I was focused on trying to follow what the hell was going on and I was missing all of this stuff. Yeah, I, I could agree with it. I mean, I can't think of any female that he has genuine respect for. Yeah, not at all. Nope. No, <laughs> no Tyrion defenders. All right. <laughs> it's official. I mean, I think... Much of his behavior could be explained by just not valuing, like, human life that much. But especially, like, with regards to prostitutes, he doesn't really see them as people. Right. With his sister, I think there's more weirdness going on. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's not just purely his feelings about women. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really thought I was joking the last time when I was, we were all talking about the Tyrion Cersei thing, but really I think there's stuff. Oh, there's totally. something there for sure. 
I mean, it's not a healthy thing or anything, or even just, I don't even think it's just, I think it's, I don't know, twisted and nasty, and <laughs> but it's there, man. That's a lot of dysfunction, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I, you guys brought up in the last episode that, like, she's much older, so we may have at one time saw her as sort of a mother figure, or, like, wanted to, which... Wasn't something I thought about, but I I do think that's that's definitely mixed up in there. Yeah. That's oh depressing. God. That's even worse. Who suggested that? <laughs> <laughs> that's so depressing. No, don't you? Re- oh, I was in. Maybe on the last we're not. We were talking behind. about because there's quite a gap. I mean, in the books, it's four years because I think they figured those actors. There's no way they're you know he could play younger than he did, but I'm. Um, in the books, it's like eight years, I think. Yeah, I thought it was eight or nine. Which is a pretty sizable gap. And usually at that point, you know, it's not uncommon in normal families, at least for, you know, okay, you're going to take care of your brother because I've got to do this or whatever. And not that she was doing that or. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the, it's oh. just so hard to believe that he didn't have any positive females like in his life, you know. Um, well, there would have been his aunt, but I have a feeling Jenna? George hadn't really written her at that point. Yeah. She, well, he clearly never thinks of her, right? So I don't think yeah. she really made an impact on his life. I'm trying to think of the, like, obviously, like, capable and intelligent women that he comes into contact with. And I'm, I mean, like, Cat, he definitely, like, sexualizes. Who who else? Who am I missing? Sansa. Oh yeah, he definitely she's sexualizes her. Very much a child too. Yeah, she's a kid. I'm trying to remember if he comes across Elena at all. Do you think it kind of stems from his guilt about his mother? Not that I'm going Killing his mother. into this. Just no, just like the fact that you know he feels responsible for her death. And, well, so and that he, would have it, been like ingrained in him too, I'm sure. Right. So he kind of distances himself from women because I, I, I don't know. I'm going a little well, Freudian in this, but no, I think that's probably valid. And then even when he's recalling Taisha here, he even like I think at one point he calls her like a prostitute or a whore or something. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um. And I mean, granted, again, this is what he's been told and probably not been allowed to forget, but still, it's you know. Well, there's a lot of things, if you think about it, fucking him up with his relationship with women. There's, the, like you said, the mother, um, his Taisha, who he genuinely, I think, was falling for, and his sister. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Cersei's no help, I guess, in sorting no, things out. No. Well, again, I mean, the way she instantly, like, went with, like, oh, well, who could Celise be banging? Well, there are her, and started to name all of Celise's <laughs> relatives. I mean, I really think that was, like, a... And then later on, doesn't she do that with Marjorie? She instantly jumps yes. to, well, Marjorie and Loris must be having sex. Right. Normal people do not think this way. This is not something normal people do. <laughs> she's just She's just trying to find a support group. I love too that that's like the dimension of her thinking. Like she's supposed to like be slandering somebody, and she automatically just like tit for tat thinking, you know. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I don't know how 
how far down this road I want to go, but it's supposedly, I think at one point it says that Cersei and Jaime were quote-unquote lusting after each other at like age eight, and then Cersei spends her whole life just dropping these lines about, you know, like when she was suggesting uh, possible people for Solis as family members. She's saying things like that all the time and like developing Tyrion sees his sort of mother figure saying that. I mean, you're not going to be normal. You're not going to be okay. Okay. I'm sufficiently out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Ended on that gross note. (laughs) All right. We got any, do we have any mail? Did you check? We don't. People are not writing us. Damn it. That's okay. <laughs> but they can, and if you would yes. like to, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Um, please subscribe and like this podcast wherever you may listen. Uh, leave us a review too. That always helps. Um, so thanks everybody for waiting for me this evening. I'm sorry I was a little bit late. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. No problem. Thanks. <clears throat> All right. Until next time, I'm closing the door. Yep. Get out.